Yes, thank you. And I'm always, you know, always happy to see my brother here. Because he's also, if you don't know, he's also the chaplain down at the racetrack. So if he's here being still or going 100 miles an hour every week at the racetrack, we, 200. We love him. <clears throat> well, let me start off with a little funny story that just happened like five minutes ago. So I'm, I'm sitting on the chair there and, and on our schedule today, Pastor Scott was actually supposed to come and um, do the transition after the worship, but um, I don't know where he was. He was outside talking, sorry, somebody was holding him up, so you and Pilau Baga. But um, I'm sitting here, and I, I'm always, um, when it comes to that time, I'm looking over at his chair, making sure he's there, making sure everything um, will flow good. So he's not there, and I'm thinking, okay, so looks like I, I, I get to do it, and that's fine. But the thing is, um, before I come up and speak, or even before I sing, I've learned that if I suck on a cough drop, I'm really good. But, you know, trying to do the timing right so that I would just get at the end of the cough drop when I got up here now, um, the cough drop was still only halfway, halfway done. So I had to chew on them. And I had to bite, bite that bugger down. That, that's not the problem. The problem is when I swallowed and tried to breathe at the same time. <coughs> And I, I got one stuck right on my windpipe. And it's working me over right now, <laughs> just so you know. So uh, if my voice goes kind of funny today, that is why. Uh, if, I, if I start coughing, it's not COVID. Okay? If I start coughing, that's why. Pastor, Pastor Scott's fault. Okay? <laughs> well, Merry Christmas, everybody. And, you know, this is the, the time of the season um, the time of the year, the season that we, I think as Christians, we most look forward to. I mean, it's our, our time to, to shine, to enjoy, because we know that um, God gave us a great, great gift. And that's what this, this uh, season actually signifies. And I know that, like I, I had mentioned earlier, that it kind of um, tweaks us when people say happy holidays. Because um, instead of Merry Christmas, that kind of throws us off. So yesterday I was at work, and if you don't know, I worked down at the um, Green Waste Station uh, for Hawaiian Earth Recycling. We were the ones that make the, make the mulch, so um, my job is to make dirt, and I love it. But um, yesterday I was the inspector, so what that job entails is that when the guys come in to drop the green waste, I greet everyone who comes in. I take their ticket. Make sure they know what they're doing. Make sure that they're dumping the right stuff. So I kind of thought um, it might be fun because it's, it's the most boring job that I have. But it might be fun to kind of take a little survey on um, what people would actually say. Would it be Happy Holidays or Merry Christmas? So of the 83 customers that I got to um, see yesterday, 51 actually gave me a season's greeting. 34 said happy holidays. 17 said Merry Christmas. So it's like a two to one ratio. And you know, before, I used to get really offended that people would say that, would tell me that. And not just offended, but the bad part is that I would get offensive. And then I would, you know, shove a Merry Christmas in their face. 
and there would be zero Mary about that. Well, I, I don't do that anymore. When someone says happy holidays to me, I simply reply, thank you. Same to you, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas too. You see, somewhere along the line, the Holy Spirit made me understand that Christ, Christmas really isn't for Christians anyway. It's not really for Christians. Um, before we were Christ, Christians, that's when Christmas was for us. Once we received that gift that he gave us of eternal life in Jesus Christ, once we opened that up, Christmas ain't for us anymore. You know what Christmas is for? People who say happy holidays. That's what Christmas is for. And he made me understand that by using a happy holiday to challenge me. Challenge me with a question right in the middle of the plaza. I told this guy, Merry Christmas. And um, I think he just wanted to get under my skin knowing who I am and my beliefs. And he, he told me this. He said, what does that mean anyway? What is the reason you say Merry Christmas? <clears throat> and I thought I had him. Puffed out my chest and I said, because... Jesus is the reason for the season. And I felt really good about that. Until he started to shake his head. He looked at me and he had a smirk on his face and he said, You Christians and your cliche answers. That's all you can say because you don't really know. And he smirked, turned around and walked away. And I stood there, and I'm boiling inside. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready to follow that guy and just smack him in the back of the head. <laughs> and then I thought about it, and you know what? He was right. He was right. I hate losing. I really hate losing. And more than I hate losing, I really, really hate admitting that I lost. I lost that one. I lost that battle because I wasn't prepared to give an answer for that question. And I've, I've, since then, I've thought long and hard about that. What is the reason? What is the reason we say Merry Christmas? What is the reason for Christmas? Well, in the book of Luke, in chapter 2, is the nativity story. It's a beautiful story. You know, I, I really love... Uh, this story and when it comes time for us to journal uh, when Luke 2 comes up every single time for the last 24 years I have journaled out of Luke 2 I, I, I don't even know what's in the Old Testament on that day because God speaks to me through this nativity story every single time you know because I've shared from the stage many times but in this story in this announcement that this angel makes of the first Christmas is contained the threefold reason, the three components personally wrapped up in one God-given gift of why we celebrate Christmas. And the first component is just that. Number one, the reason for Christmas is celebration. Celebration. Because at the very first Christmas, in verse 8, it tells us, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not 
be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You see, Christmas is a celebration. It's a party. More specifically, a birthday party. And all over the world, people are partying. How many of you had um, company Christmas parties this year that you had to go to? Okay. So did I. I never go. Because it was on the busiest day of our work, um, of, of the month for us at work. And this one was in um, Waikoloa. And they expected us to drive over to Waikoloa and then be back in the morning for work again. So um, all the guys in Hilo this year said, oh, we cannot go. So we partied on our own. <laughs> but it's a party. And all over the world, people are partying. In fact, there's more parties at Christmas time than any other part of the year. Christmas is supposed to be a happy, celebratory time. Yet, isn't it disturbing that we forget the guest of honor as we party way too often? Folks, Christmas is a birthday party for Jesus, and that's why we say Merry Christmas and not Happy Holidays. It's all about celebrating the Christ. And let me tell you something that you may or may not realize about my God. My God loves to party. As you read through the journey of the Israelites from Egypt into the Promised Land, for every victory, for every hardship overcome, for every milestone accomplished, God commanded. He didn't suggest, no. He commanded that we, they celebrate. The Bible also tells us that for every person who repents and turns their lives back to God, all of heaven parties for every single one. The Almighty God loves to celebrate. And we're supposed to be just like him in this because we created in his image. But way too often during Christmas, we get grouchy, we get stressed out, we get overwhelmed, we get depressed. You know why? Because we get too busy with everything else going on and we forget to celebrate Jesus. So, in the great words of the great philosopher, SpongeBob SquarePants, don't be a jerk. It's Christmas. <laughs> and more importantly, folks, don't forget to celebrate Jesus. The angel said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy. So what is the good news? The good news is that God gave us a gift. Not a new car. Not a new house. Not money. He didn't give us those things because those are just temporary. He gave a gift like only God can. A gift that would last for eternity. The gift of Jesus Christ. And through that gift, God is saying to us three things. He's saying, I love you, I am with you, and I am for you. That, my friends, is the good news. And when you think about that, that is worth celebrating. I'm going to touch on those three things just for a moment here. So let's do that. A, God loves us. God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, God loved the world. Not, 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 not the trees, not the mountains, but the world, the people that he created. And that's why he sent Jesus. 
He was sent as a message of love. And Christmas is God saying to you, I love you. And he loves you on your good days just as much as your bad days. How many of you know that person who you say, Oh, that bugger. Hard for love. <laughs> well, God loves that guy too. How many times do you see that guy in the mirror? Well, God loves you when you feel it and when you don't. He loves you when you think you deserve it and when you know you don't. Because his love is not based on what you do. His love is based on who he is. And God is love. Now, God just doesn't love us and leave us. B, God is with us. God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I know that this one might really hit home for many of us because I know that many of us have been forsaken or abandoned at some point in our lives. And you feel this thing of that even stronger come Christmas time. Well, here's the good news. That our God is always with us. No other God in the universe would ever dare to make that claim. Our God is always with us. And God is with us because, see, God is for us. Our God is always looking for our success. Not just in this lifetime, but for all of eternity. Again, no other God can make that claim. And Jesus said it like this in John 3, 17. He said, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. You see, Jesus came to make us successful, not to condemn us. He came to save us, not to scare us. And that's why the angel said in Luke 2, the first thing he said was, do not be afraid. Just a side note here. Way too often, Christians think that it's their job to deliver a doomsday message, to make people scared. And there's nothing further from the truth. Especially when it comes to Christmas. Because if that's what God wanted, then Jesus would have come as this um, incredible being that would strike fear into each and every one of us. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't try to scare the hell out of people. Instead, he chose to purpose to love us into heaven. To let us know that God is for us. And if God is for us, then who can be against us? God says, I love you, I am with you, and I am for you. And that's why we celebrate. Number two, the second component of Christmas is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Spelled it right. Number one, celebration. Number two, reconciliation. In verse 14, the angel declares, glory to God in the highest. And on peace, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. See, Jesus Christ came to bring peace, and that's why he is often referred to as the Prince of Peace. He came to bring goodwill toward, not just to, but toward men. Because you see, back then, in, in the world 2,000 years ago, there was so much unrest, so much turmoil, so much dissension. How many of you would say that that still exists today? Even worse. 
And that's why we still need Jesus. Why we need Christmas more than ever. You know, Christmas is the one day of the year that nations at war, no matter where in the world, no matter what they believe, Christmas, on Christmas Day, they'll almost agree, always, almost always agree to a ceasefire. December 26th, they go back to killing each other. But Christmas Day, no fighting. <clears throat> no other day of the year can boast that. Now with that at heart, let me pull this one in a little bit closer to home. And let me ask you, is there anyone you're at war with right now? Anyone that you need to reconcile with? And you may have been at odds with this person for years. But this year, this Christmas, is God speaking to you directly to cease fire. This is it. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Who but Aaron? What about them? What about them? How come I'm here sitting, listening to this message today, and not them. Why God not talking to them? You know what I say to that? Never mind them. God talking to you. And asking you to give them and you a wonderful gift this year. The gift of reconciliation. Just like he did for us over 2,000 years ago. Listen, I'm going to throw out something gruesome at you right now, okay? Have you ever thought about the fact that this might just be the last Christmas? The last chance to be at peace with somebody? Think about that hard. And even if it isn't, why waste any more Christmases in war? Christmas is all about peace and goodwill and reconciliation. So seize the season. This season. Perhaps, you know, just maybe it's not a human being that you need to be at peace with at all. Or maybe you, you, all of your strife with others actually stems, stems from your struggles with a higher relationship. Maybe, just maybe you, you know today that you have to reconcile your life with God. Guess what? That's exactly why you're here today. Acts 10 tells us, it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. Which leads us right into the third component of Christmas. Number one, celebration. Number two, reconciliation. Number three, salvation. In verse 11 of Luke 2, the angel announces... It says, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's something I, I need to point out here about salvation. Salvation is three-dimensional. First, you saved from something. Second, you saved for something. And third, you are saved by something. You need to understand that. You know what you save from? You save from your past, your self centeredness, 
from everything that you have thought or done wrong. That's called sin. And then you save for something, something positive, something productive. That's called purpose. And then you are saved by something. It's called grace, which means you don't deserve it and you can't earn it. Let me expound on that. First, A, I'm saved from my sin. And that's what the name Jesus actually means. Look at this in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save this people from their sins. So what is sin? What is sin anyway? We often think of sin as an action, but sin is really not an action. The actions are actually the result of sin in your life. Sin is an attitude. It's the attitude which says, I don't need God. How many times have you heard somebody say, God and I have an understanding. He does his thing, I do mine. You know what God understands about people who say that? That they don't understand anything. You know, hell is not necessarily going to be filled with pilau people. In fact, Gonna get plenty of pilau people in heaven. I'm one of them. Hell is gonna be filled with people who thought they did not need God. So let me be real blunt. I need God. You need God. They need God. Each and every one of us has had that attitude in our lives at some point or another that sin. If you think about it, Every one of our problems is caused by sin. And that is why we all need a Savior. That is why God gave us Christmas. Now you also need to know that God just doesn't save you so that you can wear it like a badge. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm saved. He saved you for a purpose. You're saved for a purpose. In 2 Timothy... We find this statement. He says, He saved us and called us to be His own people. Not because of what we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. So, Pastor Aaron, what is my purpose? So you're thinking right now, right? If you don't know your purpose, come ask me. And I will tell you this. I don't know. I don't know your purpose. I know my purpose, but I don't know yours because God will not tell me yours. He'll only tell you when you choose to ask Him and sit with Him and listen to Him. One thing I know for sure is that your purpose, just like mine, is going to revolve around His purpose, which is to love people into heaven. And then see, we are saved by God's grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Only one thing I really need to say about that. And it's this. That you've been given a gift. A wonderful Christmas present from the Almighty God. 
So open it. I'm going to wrap up today's uh, message with a, sh- a story. And this story actually took place on an unusual, unusually warm winter's night where a little girl named Grace, along with her father, mother, and grandmother, decided to take an evening stroll to the neighborhood to enjoy the Christmas displays. And as they were enjoying the lights, the joy of the season, and especially the company of one another, they happened upon the most magnificent nativity scene any one of them had ever seen. Their eyes up, uh, or had ever set their eyes upon them. And without a word, they were all drawn to its sheer beauty. Every detail so intricately crafted. The animals, Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, and the three wise men were so lifelike that they almost expected them to start talking. Even the gifts that the wise men held in their hands were decorated so delicately beautiful that it took their breath away. It was then that mom thought it an excellent opportunity for a lesson. And to display her intelligence, she announced, Grace, did you know that of the three gifts that the wise men gave, it was the myrrh that was most important? This rare and intoxicating perfume would be used only on special occasions, and it was probably given to Jesus to anoint him. Now dad, not wanting to be outdone, immediately piped in. Shows how little you know, lady. Everyone who knows anything about the gifts knows that frankincense is more costly than myrrh. And it sounds way cooler. So costly that they would only use it on more special occasions, mainly in the embalming process when someone dies. And it smelled way better than myrrh too. Of course, grandma had to have her say too. So she blurted in, you young people, always trying to show off what you think and know, but you don't know anything. The most important gift here is the gold. Gold is and always has been the standard of measure of wealth. And think about it, without the gold, how would you even purchase the other two? Well, what ensued was a three-way war, a heated debate on which gift was most important. Facts were thrown out one after the other, along with insults. And what had started off as a beautiful evening transformed into a battlefield of useless knowledge. Dumbfounded and downcast, little Grace broke away from the spectacle, propped herself down beside the manger. Tears welled up in her eyes as she tried to block out the sound of the people she loved most dearly at each other's throats. Mom was the first to notice And genuinely humbled, she halted her bickering, knelt down beside Grace, placed a consoling hand on their shoulder and whispered, Oh, baby girl, I am so sorry. Grandma, seeing what had transpired, also desisted. She folded her hands in front of her and bowed her head in disgrace. But Dad, still unwilling to surrender, (laughs) believing still that his argument would prevail, crouched down on the other side of the little girl, put his hand upon her head and smugly asked, Darling, which gift do you think was most important? Quietly, little Grace looked up, reached a hand onto the rail of the manger, and softly spoke the two most important words uttered that evening. The baby. 
Naizen, just like the heart of a child to remind us about what is really important, especially in this season. I want to encourage you to remember the true reason for Christmas. It's not about the festivities or the marketing. It's not even about all the presents. It's about celebration, reconciliation, and especially salvation. All wrapped up in one tiny gift. The gift of Christ. That's why Jesus is the reason for Christmas. Amen? Amen. That was so wonderful. And, you know, I think we should have you speak more often. (laughs) And please forgive me for not being ready. When you look that way, I was back there um, talking with Pastor Frank. And, you know, I, it's just, when I get these, these, these Sundays off, man, it's my chance to go and talk star with all of you because as soon as they say amen, poof, they're gone. It's like, what, get, get one big sale at Macy's or something? But, um, I want to ask the worship team to come up, and the, the key point in that message was salvation. Yeah. Jesus will not force his way into your life. It will come when you ask him into your heart. So I want to give you that opportunity now. So I'm going to ask you to all bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you want to receive Jesus, just pray this prayer with me. It goes like this. Heavenly Father... Thank you for Jesus. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Come live in me. Change me. Cleanse me. Make me the person you want me to be. I receive you, Jesus, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you hold up a hand? Anyone out there? Anyone out there? Lord, thank you so much for showing us the reason for this season, the reason we say Merry Christmas. We celebrate Christ coming to earth to save us from our sins, to reconcile us to you so that we can have this new, wonderful, abundant life. And for that, we get to say Merry Christmas. We get to be full of joy. We thank you so much for that wonderful gift. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand and join us as we sing?